MailChimp's always been a fascinating business to me. So when the co-founder of MailChimp, Ben Chestnut, went on Masters of Scale, I wanted to listen and see what he had to say. So it starts off saying, hey, you know, Ben built a company around a strong but simple service and a quirky brand that sees annual revenue of $600 million. And he's never raised a dollar of outside funding. So these kind of stories always uh, interest me. I just did a podcast on... Ingvar Kamprad, who I didn't know started IKEA at 17 years old, owned 100% of the company, may be the single, the, if you think of like what's the single largest company that's owned completely by one person, IKEA may be the answer. Um, even though he had, he put some of the ownership in like a trust or whatever the case was to, uh, for complicated reasons, uh, he died with a net worth around $58 billion. So um, I, I don't know, which is always fascinated by entrepreneurs are able to retain control of their companies like that. So we start with a uh, Ben's early life, he says, my mother ran a hair salon in our kitchen, but the word entrepreneur wasn't being used. This was just a way of life. It was called making money, paying the bills. The house was always full of customers. Uh, so his first business was making flipbook animations with sticky notes when he was still in school. And he said, my marketplace was a school bus and I would go on and I would show some kids and they would just have to have it. I would charge a dollar for each one. It was a highly unscalable business. That made me laugh. Uh, when he was a little older, excuse me, he says, I got a job as a banner ad designer, actually, which was even more invigorating than web design because it was so fast paced and you got results fast. The company he's working for was going out of business. And so we, him, uh, him and a friend decide they're going to start their own uh, design agency. And this is how he gets a, the, their first clients. He says, my business partner and I went out and we got clients by knocking on doors. We got paying projects. We got a $13,000 project and a $32,000 project before even getting a business license. We wanted to bootstrap it. We wanted to keep it simple and pragmatic. And one thing I respect uh, that Ben made a big impression on me during this conversation is this, his, this desire for simplicity, something that I strive for as well. He's just like, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to keep it pragmatic. We'll grow slowly. And uh, that's exactly the story of MailChimp. It was, I mean, they did grow fast in certain spots, but they've been working at it on it since almost uh, now 20 years. So this is where the idea that he got uh, that MailChimp came from. They were working with customers doing design, right? He says, we noticed every customer, big or small, asked for the same thing, email marketing, every one of them. So they started, they make a, MailChimp's just a tiny little project they made because they didn't like any of the other uh, email marketing services out there. And for five years, MailChimp was just a side product project running on its own. Um, and the thing is, the in this is Ben talking now, he says, the thing is, the income we were getting from MailChimp, we weren't watching it. Their design business starts to come flat, and they're thinking about shutting the whole thing down. And then his partner does something that, that changes their lives. He says, my partner made an Excel spreadsheet for MailChimp's revenue, and it was just climbing and up, up and to the right. The consulting business was just flat and maybe even declining. And he said, that's it. Let's have faith in the math. This is what we should focus on. So they start having success, and they get approached by investors, and they were they would uh, be just approached and called by investors over and over again. He says, "Listen, most investors pitch the idea like this: What you've done here is great, it's wonderful, it's cute, but let's invest it, and then we'll help you move to the enterprise because that's where the money is." And then this is Ben's response: He's like, "I couldn't stand that. I thought about building something that would empower small businesses." Uh, he says, "You know, they started out with very humble aspirations." We fantasized about being able to eat at Fuddruckers because they had $8 hamburgers. We thought if MailChimp could just make enough money every day, uh, every month to pay, our, pay for our lunch every day. It sounds ridiculous now, but that really was all the expectation we had. 
Um, so they're doing well, and then they start losing some customers. Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So he, Ben had a good idea. He's, he put a toll-free number on the MailChimp website and asked customers to call in with their most requested features. And what happened is they started to call us, and they gave us all the features that we lacked. It's like a quick little interesting hack, right? Uh, um, and then Ben stumbles on a way to get the word out to the most passionate users because they don't have a PR team. There's no way to get press. Every time we launched a feature, I blogged about it and tweeted about it. We got retweets and comments and more sales. And this became their, their primary mode of marketing in the early days. So they hire a friend named Neil to, to help them with marketing. And they have a conversation. And Ben says, well, what are we going to do with marketing? And Neil says, well, what's working? And Ben says, well, we code and then we blog and then we tweet. And Neil says, well, do that and do it again. And Ben says, but everybody's sick of it now. And Neil says, no, they're not. Keep going until it stops working. This is something David Ogilvy talks about all the time. And, you know, he's, he's, this is an old lesson. He's saying this back in the 60s, I think, when he wrote the book. Maybe it might have been the 70s. He says, uh, repeat your winners. He had uh, advertisements he did for Dove Soap that worked for 25 straight years. And so the ben, ben took this lesson away. He says, hey, uh, and that was the lesson he taught. Don't be afraid to beat a dead horse if it's working. Keep going and hire people to keep it going. That's interesting. It's actually, actually not a dead horse if it's working, though, right? Uh, any kind of channel that's new, you need to be there on the ground floor before everyone else crowds it up. That's what Ben's advice to us is. And then finally, uh, this gives you a good insight into Ben's sim, uh, like simple way of thinking about his business. He likes to keep his analytics simple. He says, how, he, so he, 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 this is what he tracks. How much money did we make this month? Is it growing? And at what rate? That's all I really care about. I keep it simple.